From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland edition for the week of March 7th, 2013. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Mulata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Wayne tells us how It's a Small World came to be, and we take a look at the completed Fantasy Fair. All that plus this week's news, Roundtable Rapid Fire, and our Disboards.com Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Those listening to this happy podcast, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. That's way too much sugar for me. Um, Coasting for Kids 2013, be there. Knott's Berry Farm, June 9th. I'll be there. Mary Jo will be there. Maybe other Diz people will Costa be there. Palooza. Diz Coast Palooza. Diz Coast 1.0. Diz Meet. Go, exactly. Go to Coasting for Kids, sign up, or donate to our team. This money goes to Give Kids the World, which is a. Tell us about it, Nancy. Come on, you can use better words than me on this one. Give Kids the World, an amazing place. They provide. Make-A-Wish kids and kids from all, um, any kind of wishing type program with their um, Central Florida vacation, mostly Disney World. Um, all of the theme parks there contribute and provide groups to come and fix the place up. They have, um, everything is expense paid by um, by the wonderful folks that give kids the world. Everything. The Families don't pay a dime. And, and it's just a generous, wonderful place where kids who have severe challenges um, to their futures can feel normal. And I think, Absolutely. And Give Kids the World is one of the most financially sound organizations you can donate to. I think it's, what, 93% goes to the cause? Um, it's even more than it's that. It's more than that? Okay. It's even more than that. They were actually voted in the top ten national top ten charities yeah. of um, suitability and, yeah, hot so darn. They're a wonderful sh- place, wonderful people. We'll have lots of links to that in the show notes. We're gonna, it's going to be all over the boards for the next six months. So, four And months, you know so. what? If you're on the East Coast, Justine has a whole group going to the Dorney Dorn- Park, Dorney Park um, Cedar Fair location, and they will be doing their own Dismeet there. So and you can actually do this at any Cedar Park location across the country. So and and Canada. So let's hear. Maybe we can get a Midwestern group start. A mid mm-hmm. a Midwest. Well, no, I I, I I told them. I told Justine that St. Louis and Minnesota are are east west of the Mississippi, so they are on our team. So if anybody goes oh, okay. to those locations, they're on our team. So that's good. Wait, where is it in St. Louis? Did um, they buy Six Flags in America? Uh, 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 Worlds of Fun. Worlds of Fun. Kansas City. Oh, that's Kansas City. Thank you. And what what state is that in? Missouri. Yes. It is in Missouri, <laughs> but it's not St. Louis. St. Louis has a Six Flags. I didn't say St. Louis. I said Missouri. Yes, you did. I said Missouri and Minnesota. Oh, did I say St. Louis? Yes, I, you did. I may have. Okay, uh, Missouri and Minnesota. And Val- Valley Fair in Minnesota somewhere. Near Mall of America. Shakopee, Shakopee, Minnesota. Those are on the, those are on the West Coast team, so. Because there's only four parks on the, on 
with there's only two California parks, and then the next next ones west are those two parks. So I I claimed them for the West Coast Diz Coastapalooza 1.0. Well, that was exciting. Yeah, I need an echo <laughs> in there. I was thinking oh, that too. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> is there any other? Is there any other housekeeping? Well, mine follows up on Tony's segment to the '80s tribute band um, a while back at the Tomorrowland Terrace. You Were, can the ones that played they played pr- the Prince songs. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not Anthrax. You can purchase the classic Disney jazz album, Date Night at, at Disneyland with the Elliott Brothers and the Date Nighter Orchestra on iTunes for $9.99. And the reason I bring this up is because Disney's been selling uh, uh, many of its classic albums from the 50s and 60s on iTunes over the last few years. And a lot of these were recorded live, so you really get the feel of you know, the Disneyland during the time of Walt. Um, some of the ones I bought were like Deep in the Heart of Dixieland by George Bruns and the Wonderland Jazz Band. There's a great one called Echoes of Disneyland, and it's played, um, remember, well, you wouldn't remember, even I don't remember, the Wurlitzer Organ Shop on Main Street. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's played on oh, yeah, the like organs. Yes. <laughs> no, I love the word, I love remember hearing about the Wurlitzer Organ Shop. <laughs> Yes. Well, there's an. I was al- there in 1972. My grandpa was into Orleans organs. We had one in our house. Well, there's an album that you and your grandfather would enjoy called Echoes of Disneyland, and it and it's by. <laughs> Way to grab that seg- that segment back. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's by the. Um, yeah, I'm getting good at that. It's by the. Uh, it, it, it was made there at the Wurlitzer Organ Shop on Main Street. Um. The Firehouse Five Plus Two, which is a, was a jazz band with a lot of Walt's um, animators and Imagineers, including several of them were the Nine Old Men, um, have almost just about all of their albums are available on iTunes. Um, classic Disney soundtracks are available that have been out of circulation for a long time, and they're starting a new series that they're releasing on iTunes called the Lost Chords series, and these are. Um, Outtakes from film soundtracks that never made it into the film. Hmm. I I just got the Aristocats. That it's it's only three ninety nine. It's about five songs, but the songs didn't make it in. But it's like the Sherman Brothers are singing them, and Corey Burton, who now is the voice of Captain Hook, he's doing a dead on of Maurice Chevalier singing one, and he's singing one of the songs that was going to be sung by Maurice Chevalier. And I believe they're in that same series, the Lost Card series. They're about to release one for Peter Pan. So who, who check would out. Have ever thought- Sorry. No, I said just so check out iTunes for these classic Disney uh, albums. Yeah, I just, I, just, I, just da- I just downloaded the new Dapper Dan album with the the boy band songs. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a classic someday. <laughs> it was ninety nine cents. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that Corey Burton back in the eighties would ever become the voice of Captain Hook? Yeah. So anyway, it's a lot of what fun. Was he in the, what was he in the eighties? He, Corey Burton, it was like Corey Haim and Corey Burton were the, the two, the two, no, like, teams. No, 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 no. Corey Haim and Corey Feldman is who you're Feldman, saying. oh, sorry. And I'm, and I'm more, hey, you didn't know any 80s. They're just a bunch of Corys. <laughs> I knew she was going there the and I just let her go anyway. <laughs> no. And if you really want to see the Corys at their finest, you need to watch the movie License to Drive. They play together. 
they're in the movie together, and uh, Corey Feldman does that really disturbing Michael Jackson imitation he got into for a while. Sorry. But Corey, for all you 80s fans, Corey Burton wasn't yeah. in that movie, right? Okay. Corey Burton, no. I'm going to have to IMDb. <laughs> what about no. The Lost Boys? That was another one those two were in. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Feldman, Michael Jackson, kind of eerie dance moves he does in that movie. Great classic film for okay. children of the eights. I officially surrender my housekeeping. <laughs> Anybody else, please? Um, I have a quick one. Go ahead, Mary Jo. Um, just uh, for those who go to the who haven't gone to the Disneyland board, we have stickies at the top of the board where we have compiled a bunch of um, different threads that our Dizzers have contributed that have pretty good information um, that goes from transportation, restaurants, hotels, and a lot of other information. So I recommend that when you're looking to go to Disney to the Disneyland Resort. Hit our sticky thread and, and look through those links. So you find a lot of really good information there. Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, don't forget chat night, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Hope to see you all there. If you need to contact the Disneyland team, send us feedback, ideas, talk to us, anything, dlpodcast at www.info.com. Also check our show notes page at disunplug.com where you can get links to all of our shows and anything we talk, and links to anything we talk about. Also, if you are a iTunes type person and download a show off iTunes, we would love it if you'd give us some feedback and give us, rate us, give us five stars so that it makes it easier for other people to find the show. Uh, any other housekeeping? If not, mm. let's head over to Tony with the news. I almost said thread of the week. Tony with the news. Orange County luxury hotel rooms have rebounded from the recession. Orange County's luxury hotels rebounded last year with the average room over $200 costing $295.86 a night. Well, these are luxury hotels, okay. but it does relate to Disney. A 7.8% increase over 2011 reports PKF Consulting, a hotel research and consulting firm. Although luxury hotels gained the most in 2012, room rates across the country saw a solid recovery, rising 5.4%. The average room cost $150.20, up from $142.45 in 2011. Average occupancy countywide was 75%, up from 72.8% in 2011. Disney's opening of Cars Land in Anaheim last year not only helped Anaheim, but Irvine and the rest of Orange County, said Bruce Balton, a PKF senior vice president. Hotels overall struggled through the recession as travelers cut back on spending. The luxury sector, however, suffered even greater losses after many companies cut expenses and canceled corporate conferences en masse to eliminate any hint of undue spending after the Wall Street meltdown. AIG American General, a subsidiary of insurance giant AIG, became the poster child for corporate excess when the company spent more than $434,000 on a business conference at the St. Regis Monarch Beach Resort and Spa in Dana Point in Orange County in 2008. That was just two weeks after the parent company received an $85 billion bailout from the U.S. government. The high-end hotels were really hit by a combination of the economy and the AIG effect, of which Orange County was the epicenter, Balton said. Last year, luxury hotels were back in demand, especially at year's end. In December, rooms costing more than $200 averaged $434.41 a night, up 10% over December 2011. Balton attributes the bounce back in prices to an improved economy and lack of new hotel rooms. Luxury hotel occupancy was 76.5% last year, up from 71.9% in 2011. 
He said the West Coast also is benefiting from an increase in international visitors from China, other Asian countries, and Australia. I didn't know about Australia and other Asian countries. That's very interesting. So there you go. No, no, no exciting comments for this one. Thank you for saying cool so I can go <laughs> on to the next story. Okay. I'll acknowledge that we listen to you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so all I need is an acknowledgement, and then I'm excited. It's not as exciting as last week's stories. No, well, I can. I mean, I can make some stuff up. Yeah, yeah, let's make okay. up stories. All okay. right. Okay. I can't think of anything. Okay. <laughs> Anaheim, Anaheim Youth Services are falling short. Programs aimed at Anaheim Youth often have waiting lists, closed doors in the early evening, and fail to offer services for teenagers, even though crime is on the rise in Orange County's largest city, a new report shows. The Anaheim Community Foundation is releasing key findings from a study of the city's youth services, the first done in 23 years. The full report will be released soon at a public presentation. The Disneyland Resort paid $50,000 for the report to figure out kids' needs in the theme park's hometown. While the resort regularly gives donations, the company wanted to better use its money and be able to help other donors and businesses find where needs are greatest. For nearly 60 years, the Disneyland Resort has been committed to supporting Anaheim's youth. Jill Bolton, the resort's director of community relations, said in a statement, We believe that a collaborative approach to addressing these critical needs will make a difference in our community and we are confident that others will join us in this effort. One after-school program, the state-funded Anaheim Achieves, has waiting lists of more than 100 children at each school. At least one family complained they remained on the list for three years, said Marcos Ramirez, a consultant with the Olin Group, which conducted the study. About 6,000 children are in that after-school program at about 48 school sites, said Paul Andreessen, chief executive officer of the Anaheim YMCA, which runs Anaheim Achieves. We'd love to serve more, Andreessen said. Only one-third of youth programs are available after 5 p.m. While researchers examined the whole city, they zeroed in on seven census tracts with the highest poverty, where about 20,000 children live, one-fifth of Anaheim's minor population. In those neighborhoods, there are 18 programs. Two neighborhoods have no youth services. A third doesn't have programs for those older than 12. The lack of problems comes at a time when crime and gang problems are on the rise. While violence declined in Orange County and nationwide, Anaheim's reported violent incidents increased from 1,161 in 2010 to 1,281 in 2011, according to the FBI's latest statistics. The city has 1,800 gang members, according to the Olin Group report. About 25% of youth services have gang prevention programs, while more than three-fourths of providers say their programs need one. Already, Disney has donated $250,000 to launch new programs tied to the study, which began last, last March. Michael Baker, executive director of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Anaheim, said his program tries to be creative in helping its 2,000 res- registered children. It provides transportation and recently added Friday night time for teens. Club programs run out of a trailer, apartment complex, and other locations in a tightly packed city. It's not for a lack of community involvement, Baker said. We just need more space. We need more buildings. If we had more, we could do more. Interesting long story, but it's interesting that Disneyland is really trying to focus their efforts on helping the kids in the town. What's interesting for me as being a um, teacher in a district in Anaheim, I do know the Anaheim Achieves program, and I remember as a, when I was a classroom teacher trying to get kids in the program, and there was no space for them. So there's there's a need for, for that, and I'm hoping that Disneyland's doing their part, which it looks like they are. You know what really surprises surprised me about this story is that they were able to get a, a steady commission for only $50,000. Yeah, that's a pretty cheap commission. That's a very, and that, yeah. 
And that they paid for it. They said, we want it. It wasn't some right. other organization asking for it. So now that everybody's frightened to come to yeah. Disneyland after mentioning the number of gang members, but... <laughs> only 1,800, right? That's not bad. Yeah, I mean... What, are, what are the odds? Yeah, exactly. Except for our Anthrax friend. Maybe... Maybe that's... Ooh, don't... Have maybe, that's that, maybe... That's Tony at www.info.com. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to make this light. I'm trying to lighten up what we can yeah. do with the story, luck, but I don't think we can. Okay, thanks. We're <laughs> just sitting there quietly. That's the news. Thank you, Tony. Whew. Uh, Mary Jo, rapid fire. Over in downtown Disney, they started with a new line at Disney Line called Beautifully Disney. And this line combines um, the princesses with the um, wicked people. Anti, um, in their makeup and, and, um, their cosmetic, uh, line, which is, they have a compact that's really cool that shows their profile of Snow White and then it shows the evil queen looking straight on. So it's kind of an, an interesting, um, juxtaposition of, of the two types of characters on there. So this makeup line is based on the Disneyland resort attractions merchandise that they have there so if you go to sephora not i'm sorry not sephora if you go to um vault 28 and trendy over there you'll you'll see the the line so it looks pretty cool um disney's been doing a lot of this lately they've had um different nail polishes and i'm this is for the gals, but um, different nail polishes and and lipsticks that were named after the like Evil Queen, Maleficent, and some of the princesses, and they're very popular with the with a lot of gals. So. Well, for for the gals and our and our male Anthrax fans. <laughs> True. Well, what, you mean fan, right? Fan. Yes. Yeah, her hit. All right. Thank you, Mary Jo Wayne. We've mentioned on our show from time to time the Anaheim Garden Walk. This is an outdoor is it, shopping is complex. It, still there? it is still there, okay, at least okay. for a while. <laughs> it's just a couple of blocks from Disneyland. For those of you who have a Disneyland annual passport, the Garden Walk offers several discounts for shopping, dining, and entertainment. It looks like most of the shops there offer some sort of discount ranging from 10% to 25%. For example, the California Peaches, the California Pizza Kitchen offers 25, 20% off your total bill. Uh, Johnny Rockets gives 15% off the total bill. Many of the retail stores there offer 10% or 15% discount, and the 300 Anaheim Bowling Center offers $5 games on certain days and times. Wow, nice. So, if you're visiting the Anaheim Garden Walk, be sure to bring your Disneyland annual passport for some special discounts. Excellent. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, Nancy. Okay. You know, being um, a Burbankian, is we that get what some- they really call it? <laughs> I thought I loved San Diego. My love for San Diego isn't even close to her obsession with Burbank. <laughs> I Burbank, love yes. my my adopted hometown. You love it's Burbank. such a wonderful little place. Love it. 
such a rich cultural history. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Not Pompeii. I mean. <laughs> It's it's a fun town. No, but we have had Pompeii recreated at one of the ranch slots, which is two blocks from my house. That's all I gotta say. So two so blocks from your house. <laughs> two blocks from my house was the infamous Columbia Sunset or the the Columbia Ranch, which um, then became the Warner Ranch, which had oh. Hundreds I, uh, of I famous. Have, I, I basically just see what you did, Nancy, Tony. I convinced Nancy to hijack her You're own laptop. <laughs> <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> anyway, being a Burbankian, we get some really interesting mail. Okay. And I bet the you other, do. The other day, did you get a new catalog? Yeah, that's what I. The other is day, is it time for the IKEA catalog? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Finished. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The other day we received a lovely piece of mail from Universal, NBC Universal, that is. And. Comcast? No. Okay, go ahead. Not at all, not in the least. It was the final, we've received a couple of these before. It is the final evolution plan to the Universal Studios expansion which will affect those of you wanting to do Universal Studios um, vacations, you know, adding add-ons to your Disney vacation. Um, they finally came up with um, a no-residential alternative. Originally, they were going to build a subdivision on their, their property and sell homes, but that is no more. Um, they are actually focusing in on... Um, committing nearly $4 million for overall river and bike improvements around the studio area for those of you who like to hike and bike. Um, $730,000 for local community organizations to protect and improve the neighborhoods closest to the property. They have, um, they're working to quote-unquote protect their in future investment on the core business of production and tourism. And they are going to create more than 30,000 jobs, invest more than $10 million in traffic and transit improvements. And the whole project on the studio lot is going to cost $1.6 billion. So imagine this, you know, how much, Tom, how much did they put into Cars Land? I mean, to, to California Venture as a whole? Oh, you're going to test me now? Was it 1.5? Figure, something like that. So for about as much as they paid to do all the final renovations to California Venture, they're focusing in on that big of an improvement to um, to Universal Studios. And keep in mind that, yes, this is also going to be an improvement that gives them um, better production facilities, upgrading their facilities um, for better technology and uh office space, post-production, all that kind of stuff. But it is also going to be including um, the Wizarding World of Hollywood. Uh, bleh. Really? <laughs> World of Hollywood Potter. Nice. <laughs> the, the new uh, Harry Potter attractions. Um, and uh, they actually say the details. They will include the majestic Hogwarts castle to serve as centerpiece of this new themed land. So they are going to be repeating some of the designs from Universal Studios Florida, it sounds like. 
Um, the map, which you can, the little map of what their expansion project's going to be is at NBCUniversalEvolution.com. And what I find really interesting, we've heard talk that they're going to move um, the Gibson Amphitheater from the one quadrant of um, the park right on the end of City Walk. They're talking about moving that to another area past City Walk. There's going to be two extremely large, actually, holy crap, I'm looking at a, a satellite Google map um, versus the map I have, and either they're going to move that amphitheater into one of the back valet parking lots, plus add a whole nother building, a um, wow. very large building. But it looks like in the Gibson Amphitheater area, the current Gibson Amphitheater area, there looks like four more entertainment, that, four more, quote unquote, entertainment and tourism, which is code word for theme park additions or theme park renovations. And it looks like they're either going to put Harry Potter up in that area, or they're going to move it over to um, the back behind um, on the other side of City Walk. That doesn't seem right. Or they're going to move it in front of City Walk because um, rapid fire. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's really interesting, that, and you that should go train to train left the station. Yes, <laughs> that's why I did a, a one minute one. <laughs> Anyway, the whole thing's interesting, and like I said, NBCUniversalEvolution.com, and you can uh, spend your own time and email us with your best guess. This is where uh, where things are, look like they're going to go. Thank you, Nancy. Whew, I got out of that one. All right, uh, here we'll go next. Slap you. Disney Trading Night at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, March 15th, join uh, guests for Disney, trading, Disney Pen Trading. At the Pacific Ballroom at Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. That goes from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. that night. Meet avid and novice traders, make friends, share stories, and share stories about your collections. Um, do not line up, uh, guests can line up one hour prior to the start of the event, uh, park in the downtown Disney lot or at the Mickey and Friends structure. And in celebration of the first pin trading night of the year, Disney will release two new limited pins. Featuring the Cheshire Cat or and Jasmine, uh, those are available for purchase not at this event, but at the Disney Pin Traders in downtown Disney while supplies last. And Tony. Okay, if you're all interested in doing the Tinkerbell Half Marathon before it sells out, sells out in 2014, the dates are January 17th to 19th for the Tinkerbell Half Marathon weekend. And registration begin opens on July 9th at 12 a.m., which means at 12.05 a.m. it will It'll be, be sold, out, sold yeah. out. So July 9th at 12 a.m. is when registration opens for the race on January 19th. And the weekend is January 17th to 19th. So put that down on your calendars. Make, 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 get yourself a, a reminder. Yep. All right, thank you, Tony. Time for the thread of the week, Mary Jo. What, what happened to me? Oh, crap. <laughs> How did I no skip you? No one loves Michael. That's why I know. Oh. I'm usually last. And I, went, I know. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I went out of order. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Michael? Um, well, I know you're all making your Christmas wish lists. And so 
there are I have the list of the top new and must have Disney toys that came out of the New York Toy Fair for 2013. Um, a couple of these are a little creepy. The the creepiest one is called Scare Off Sully. Uh, this, this <laughs> oh my gosh yeah this is a Sully monster mask and it's it's powered by the children during play it it's a mask they wear and their facial expressions the the mask reflects their movements it has movable mouth and eye eyebrows that move with the children's eyebrows and mouths so oh my gosh Muppet yeah, technology you're uh, on your head on your, doorstep, on your child's yeah. head um, in, just in time for the release of Oz the Great and Powerful is a Finley plush. You can have your own. <laughs> fl- you can have your own flying monkey. Finley the flying monkey is huggable, lovable, and ready Aww. to fly. He's a cute little thing. Uh, fun. Yeah, and also getting ready for the Planes film, which is the spin-off of the Cars franchise. There's a Planes Sky Track Challenge track set. And what you can do is, is it, it, it reminds me of those old Hot Wheel tracks. I don't know if they still have those, those racing tracks. Right. Except this is, instead of a track, it has, it's like these wires, and you clip your little plane to the wire, and you can race your two planes down to the bottom, just like a Hot Wheels car. Cool. Um, another one, again, with planes is a Pilot Pal's Dusty Crop Hopper remote control plane. Why do I have to make these names so complicated to say? <laughs> um, this, this is a cute little this remote control. Yeah, this is a cute little remote-controlled plane. You push the button to set its propellers spinning and move it forward, and then it has two controllers, one for each wing, to tilt the wings and control its movement. And so I guess these children better have good coordination to control this little plane. Um, then there's the Disney Princess Ultimate Dream Castle. It, it's got a bedroom for Rapunzel and a spiraling hair elevator. Um, it also features fairy tale themed rooms for Ariel, Aurora, Belle, Cinderella, and Snow White that comes to life with the Disney Magic Mirror app, which is available, of course, on the iTunes App Store. Um, when girls scan the castle's defined labels with an iOS device, they unlock and trigger activities in each princess's room and around the outside of the castle. So you no longer have to have an imagination. You just There's an app for that now. <laughs> Um, the Ariel musical light-up dress. This is a garish little dress that also has motion-activated technology. So as the little girl moves, the dress lights up, and it also plays under the sea. So How very bizarre. Uh, it is very bizarre. <laughs> you should see a picture of this dress. Um, then there's Sophia, the first magical talking castle. Um when girls play Sophia or Clover the Rabbit, I, I haven't watched this on the Disney Channel yet, so I don't know these characters. On the castle's special base, they can hear phrases said in each character's voice. They can bring in other dolls and figures um, from across the line to whatever that means to bring Sophia's world to life and unlock even more character phrases. So, yeah, it's... Very cool. And then the, the ones that look like fun to me, they're new Legos. Um, there's the Lone Ranger in Legos, 
And um, it's going to come out in April. There's six new building sets. We'll bring the action and stories of the film to life in Lego form. And we'll include iconic characters such as John Reed, who's the Lone Ranger, Tonto and the Horse Silver. And yes, ladies, there is a Lego Johnny Depp. <laughs> so. A Lego Johnny Depp? Yeah, dressed as Tonto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. It might be as close as any you get. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, Mercy. The Jake, and then there's Jake and the Neverland Pirates Lego, and you can build a swashbuckling pirate ship adventure from Disney's Jake and the Neverland Pirates animated series. And since this is for the younger set, these are uh, made out of Duplo blocks. Oh, okay. And then, um, and then. Oz is, I've already seen these, I think, on the, in the Disney store. There's Oz fashion dolls. Uh-huh. Um, they're gonna have Evanora, Theodora, Glinda, and China Girl, uh, as well as the wizard are portrayed, um, these are more collector's dolls. So there you go. You can start, you know, your Kmart layaway. Alright, thank you, Michael. Uh, time for the thread of the week, Mary Jo. Well, I had to change the thread of the week because the original one I was going to use got locked because it got heated. Oops. So, yeah. It was ne- a, it was, that never it was happens on the disboards. <laughs> well, now I want to know what it is. <laughs> well, Seriously. you'll just look on the Disneyland board and look for the locked thread. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> was that you? Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. It was just one of so those. One of those mystery moderators, okay. Mystery moderators, that, that, that team that does the stuff. Um, so what I picked this, what I was looking through them, and this one kind of piqued my interest. And this one says, uh, $25.49 for a Monte Cristo sandwich at the Blue Bayou. And it's by <laughs> Ralph Mouse. Jeez. <laughs> and bolded. Um, Walt would not approve, he says. Ralph Mouth is one of our regulars on the Disneyland board. He's been around for quite a few years and, and, um, and really helpful. So he put, I love going to Disney theme parks and so did and did so many times growing up. This May, I will get to see Disneyland through the eyes of my four-year-old daughter. We better enjoy it because every year it seems prices are increasing so much higher than my salary can keep up. (laughs) Walt wanted a place that people could take their families, and I'm sure many already have been priced out. Yes, I understand that a certain place... Excuse me. Yes, I understand that certain places naturally are priced higher, like movie theaters, ballparks, theme parks, but $25.49 for a sandwich I can get at my local brew pub for $10.50. Uh, 1095. Come on. So he's not happy, and this uh, spawned uh, quite a few responses to him. Well, um, might not be happy, but Roy probably would have been happy. That's exactly what Jeff put. Jeff responded on there, and and he put, uh, Walt was always more concerned about the entertainment experience, so I doubt he would have said anything. Roy would have approved, and so some people quoted Jeff because they're in agreement with him, uh, or just thought that he was a funny guy. And um, how much is it at Cafe Orleans or Orleans? Seventeen or something. Fifteen dollars cheaper, yeah. Yeah, so there's quite a few uh, responses talking about, you know, yes, they agree that the prices are exorbitant, etc. But then there's some other responses that kind of stood out. That before I talk, before I let you guys. Uh, talk I, I just want to read them one of them um she's made a lot of sense and she put let me find her her response uh this is Eddie girl and she puts in my everyday real life 25 dollars for a sandwich no way in my 
We only go to Disneyland once every two to three years after budgeting and saving to have a magical vacation, having fun and playing with our kids and saving my birthday money to have lunch at the Blue Bayou. Life? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she put $150 for lunch, enjoyed inside the Pirates of the Caribbean ride we all love so much, having a legendary Disneyland Monte Cristo sandwich, sitting on the veranda of a stately house strung with paper lanterns, watching the bloat, the boats float down the bayou, listening to the banjo, and watching the fireflies in the twilight and seeing the wonder of it all in my children's eyes, worth every single penny. When we can get to Disneyland again, this meal will be budgeted right into our trip. So I thought that was a pretty cool way of, of looking at it, you know, and other people did put that it, it was too much they weren't going to um, do it. And then one other person put, have you guys seen Field of Dreams? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you so, eat it, they will come, right? That, well, that's that's basically what the person said, and, and the way they quoted it. But oh, let me find it real quickly because I thought it was really cool. This one comes from MDSD eighty seven hundred, and this person says, um, "Field of Dreams is one of my favorites, and I knew the monologue, but I googled it just so I could read the whole thing while substituting substituting Iowa baseball for Disney and Main Street." <laughs> Okay, so think of Disney and um, Main Street and all of these. Ray, people, or I'll just say Tom, people will come. Tom, they'll come to Disney for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn into your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person or 150 something like that by now. And they'll pass over the money without even thinking about it, for it is money they have and peace they lack. And they'll walk off to the bleachers or the blue bayou and sit in their short sleeves on a perfect afternoon and find that they have reserved seats somewhere along the baselines where they sat when they were children. And they'll cheer their heroes and they'll watch the game and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick, they'll have to brush them away from their faces. People will come, Tom. The one constant through all the years, Tom, has been Disney. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It has been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But Disney has marked the time. This field, this park, is a part of our past, Tom. It It reminds us of all that once was good and that could be again. Oh, People will come, Tom. People will most definitely come. That's funny. Yeah. So, it's... (laughs) Want to have a catch? (laughs) Nice. um, So, like I said, the thread has different uh, responses to it, but that one kind of stood out to me about when we... Talk about how expensive, you know, some of the food is in these restaurants is... It's not just the food, it's the experience that we have while we're eating that particular food, especially a Monte Cristo um, that we have at the Blue Bayou or even Cafe Orleans if we go over there. Well, and see, it's it's really fancier than, it's La Speciale de Monte Cristo on the menu, so that's why it's twenty five forty nine. Oh, because it's La Speciale. La Speciale de Monte Cristo. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It's still $25 for a stinking sandwich at lunch. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, it's $25 for a, a stinking gallbladder and, and, attack that's a trip to the stop. emergency room. And that's and that's the cheapest thing on the menu, which is really sad. Yeah. At lunch. Yeah, I was. I always uh, recommend going to lunch, to lunch instead of dinner anyway, because dinner it's even. Well, they don't even no. have. No, it's the same. It's the same expensive crap at lunch and dinner. Sorry. But dinner was more expensive. Um, okay, let's First. let's compare. Let me slip. I have the menu in front of me. Um, no. Okay, the Buccaneer boneless beef short ribs. Dinner thirty four ninety nine. Lunch thirty four ninety nine. Oh, it is the same price. Yeah, I mean, there's different things on the menus, but on the menu, but the the yeah, it's it's expensive for lunch. Uh, lunch, be- roasted beef pork loin, thirty seven ninety nine. Um, what else? I mean, yeah, the crab cakes, thirty six ninety nine. Those are lunch prices. Uh, and they're small crab. I mean, not as small as the one that Kevin had years right. ago, but they're still kind of Sam- salmon, thirty four ninety nine. Your your vegetarian entree twenty nine ninety nine is portobello mushroom and couscous. So lunch price lunch is not going to save you any money. So it's the experience. It's the experience, and if if you're willing to pay that much for the experience, have at it. And and that's what happens is is how often have you gone to that re- gone by the restaurant and seen it empty? Nope. Sites yeah. never. Yeah, never. Never. Always a line. Always a long line, too. Lobby full, always. And a lot of times, if you don't make reservations ahead of time, there's, there's no, uh, they're too busy for walk-ups, you know. Yep. Or you're going to be waiting a long time. Sucker born in a minute. Sorry. (laughs) That's P.T. Barnum. Oh, sorry. He's quoting somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mary Jo. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland segments this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.